Jennifer is gone. This is a collect call from... Paula Dean! Inventor of the deep-fried Oreo cob salad. Do you accept the charges? Duck. 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 Goose. A simple playground game all of us have played. But in a world without a goose, nobody is having any fun. Two weeks ago, Purgatory faced a new kind of crisis. The unimaginable. Jennifer, our beloved bloodthirsty goose, disappeared. The most horrific purgatory event since Jennifer, the beloved bloodthirsty goose, arrived. It had been uncharacteristically quiet on Abram Street that morning. Joggers eyed the tall grass on either side of the street warily, assuming the normally brazen Jennifer had decided to adopt guerrilla tactics and lay hidden among the weeds, waiting to enact an ambush for her own amusement. But no ambushes came. Abram Street was quiet. Too quiet. By early afternoon, Deputy Nina Bloom was called to the scene to do a wellness check on our girl, suited up in her makeshift bomb squad gear, which honestly, is a much more appropriate goose protector than bomb protector. As we all know, Jennifer is not generally predisposed to attacking women, but with the possibility that she might be sick or injured, as well as her documented anti-authoritarianism, Nina was taking some wise precautions. But those steps turned out to be unnecessary. As a nervous crowd looked on, Nina called out to Jennifer, "'approaching slowly so as to not startle our girl into a rage. "'But the cottage was empty. "'Well, not exactly empty. "'Just inside the doorway was, you guessed it, "'a single left shoe. "'I managed to chat with Peg Weintraub later in the day "'as I stopped by the Cakery Bakery for a slice of carrot cake. "'God, I love carrot cake.' Peg had been in the crowd when the shoe was pulled from Jennifer's home, and she recounted the scene. Oh, it was crazy. Nita goes up there, and she's singing a nice little song, so it's not like she's sneaking up, right? You don't want to spook her. And then she gets to the doorway, and I'm holding my breath, because I love our girl. I had been dating Nate Hill, and, you know, he's got a real nice double-wide over in Beacon Star, and he works over at Sports. So he usually walks to work right down Abram Street when it's nice out. So one Friday, I head over to sports thinking, oh, I'll just have a drink or two before he finishes his shift. And he's talking to Maeve Riley, just as brazen as anything, making those sweet eyes at her, you know. I was so mad. I went right home and started using a spare toothbrush to clean my shower grout because Lord knows he won't be needing it anymore. Anyway. That next day, he's walking to work, and he's on the phone with me saying, Please take me back. And I say, No! And he's getting mad and saying a few words that don't need repeating, and then suddenly, he starts screaming his head off like he's been shot. I can't make heads or tails of what's going on until he drops the phone and falls on the ground, and I hear the honk, honk, honk of revenge in the form of a goose. She's an angel. 
So now I'm in a panic, right? I see Nina holding up this shoe and saying, there's no Jennifer. And me and the rest of the crowd start looking around, kicking through the grass, trying to find her. And she's nowhere. I'm going back out with some of the girls once we close up today. I just hate to think of her out there with a little hurt wing or without her little coat and boots. She's just got to be okay. The days passed. The nights passed. The search went on at all hours, emergency services and tens of concerned citizens combing Abram Street looking for clues, then spiraling out to surrounding streets hoping to find Jennifer. Well, look, the shoes are vexing. Are they a crime? Well, I guess I've been told it mostly just adds up to a couple of fines for littering and being a public nuisance. Even if my heart knows it's bigger than that. But this? Goosenapping? Heck yeah, that's a crime. Jennifer is smart. While we don't all agree with her violent streak or her disdain for the man in every capacity, we recognize that she's a member of this community. So when she went missing, we mobilized everyone. And I mean... Everyone. Bud got the folks from the senior center leaving trails of grapes. Kids in the after-school program at the rec made flyers with some of the worst renderings of a goose I've ever seen. Unsalvageable, across the board. A lot of them were just hand tracings with a beak and feet slapped on, and Jennifer looks nothing like a child's hand. But it made them feel like they were helping. The entirety of purgatory held its breath. Except Polly... A man living like a wind tunnel. This is a collect call from... Paula Dean! Inventor of the deep-fried Oreo cob salad. Do you accept the charges? Yeah, Polly, you're paying me back for this call. How many times do I have to tell you to add it to the expense account, Davis? There is no expense account. Sure there is. Are you in the radio shed? Yeah. Look to your left. See that little pile of bills and receipts? That's the expense account. No, it's not. There is no expense account. Then why do those bills keep getting paid? Because I keep thinking I left them in here and I pay them. No wonder I couldn't remember special ordering alpaca wool socks from Steve. Davis, it's warmer than sheep wool. You owe me $45. Those socks were part of an investigation. I'm calling Steve. Don't you want to hear my news? I guess at this point I may as well. They found her. Jennifer? I can't get close, but I'm here inside the cakery bakery. Live on the scene with witness Peg Weintraub. Hi, Davis. You're calling Collect from the bakery? Oh, I told him he could just call, but Polly said... That's not important right now. Forward focus, Davis. Okay, Peg, what's going on? Uh, I'm not sure. I was taking some stuff out to the bin, just some stale bagels, a couple loaves of bread. I forgot in the oven and burned. Oh, you know, that sort of thing. I got out there and opened the lid and she was in there. Jennifer? Yeah, she was just in there, just laying in there. Is she okay? I don't know. I panicked. I dropped my bags and I ran inside and called Bud. And he hasn't told you anything? Oh, he told me to stay inside and he'd take care of it. And more people have showed up. I, I couldn't see who. Maybe Owen? And the van from the animal house? What if she's dead? Okay, calm down. I don't think they'd call the animal house if she was dead. They'd call the coroner. Keith. Oh, God! They wouldn't call in a coroner for a goose, Polly. Stop upsetting Peg. Have you gone outside to see what's happening? Well, no. Bud isn't very happy with me right now. I figured I'd better lay low. Why? What did you do? I'll tell you what I did. I got too close to the truth. Oh, okay. Nope. I, I get it. 
You better stay inside. Put Peg back on the line. Davis? Hey, Peg. Let me make a few phone calls and find out what's going on, okay? Okay. Don't listen to Polly. He's so far down the rabbit hole. Goose hole. I'm not saying goose hole. It's a goose hole, Davis. Peg, I'll call you when I know something. Hang tight, okay? Okay. I made some calls, hoping for the best, but trying to mentally prepare for the worst. Trying to imagine Purgatory as the sort of community that had a secret monster. He always seemed like such a nice, sweet neighbor. We never would have guessed he had a dozen skeletons in his basement. Luckily, before I got myself too caught up in images of doom, I was contacted by the one woman I should have known had all the answers. Okay, before you panic, Jennifer is recovering. Kayla Radcliffe, local wildlife expert. She isn't injured, she's just resting and getting some fluids. We'll take her back to her house in a few days. What happened? Can you talk about it? Oh, sure. Now, first I want to reassure everyone there will not be any criminal investigation. There are a few safety precautions I'd like to ask everyone to take going forward, but I repeat, there was no crime here. So then what was it? Well, we all know Jennifer spends most of her time relentlessly guarding her territory on Abram Street. Of course. But... Every girl deserves a little time off, especially when she works so hard and remains so vigilant. You can't expect anyone to work 24 hours a day, even someone that loves what they do. True. So occasionally, Jennifer takes herself on little jaunts around town, just to get caught up on the tea. We've seen several instances of sunning herself on the Purgatory Hall Green or taunting the children from the edge of the playground. In September, we had one instance of an intramural baseball game called because she decided to slowly waddle around the bases for well over an hour. I remember. And although we've had to piece things together a little bit, we have a pretty close account of Jennifer's whereabouts since she went missing. The day we recovered the shoe, Jennifer had obviously left Abram Street. Lucky for whoever left the shoe, we can assume she was already gone when it was placed. Otherwise, things would have turned out very differently for them. She had tottered her way over to the community garden, where there wouldn't be much to see to you or I, but for Jennifer, even in the winter, the garden remains full of tasty seeds, bugs, and other things of interest. On this particular visit, Jennifer found a covered pail of raspberries that had been fermenting in their own juices since the end of the season. Oh, gross, and they made her sick? Oh no. Geese have stomachs of steel. Actually, they could literally eat steel and their stomachs would win. But these raspberries were also 120 proof. Give or take a few. She got drunk? Oh yeah, completely. From there, it seems like she wandered the alleys of just about every restaurant in Purgatory. She hauled the bucket with her around her neck and spent her nights feasting on trash noodles and pizza crust until she'd eventually fight her shadow and pass out under a dumpster. Then the next night, she'd get up and start the whole thing again. Oh my god. I know. Our girl was on a multi-day bender that only ended because of Peg's sharp eye. Now we've got her in detox, and once she's feeling herself, she'll be okay. You mentioned some safety precautions? Of course. Now that Jennifer has a substance abuse problem, we need to come together as a community to help her shake it. If you have a garden plot, let's make sure it's truly cleared for the season. And if you live on or around Abram Street, I'm begging you, please rinse out any wine bottles or beer cans before you set them up for the boys to pick up. And if you spot Jennifer outside of her normal areas and she seems to be swaying or she has an unusual swerve to her waddle, call her sponsor Gil Denfer at the Wiggly or at home at 6751. Thanks so much for keeping us updated. I just have one more question. Of course. What about the shoe? The shoe? Oh, I have no idea. As far as I can tell, it's completely unrelated. 
This episode was written and recorded by Aaron Olson and edited by Stephen Dion. Polly Dietz was played by Michael Coyne. Sheriff Bud Wilkins was played by Christopher Iannucci. Peg Weintraub was played by Lauren Kapinski. Kayla Radcliffe was played by Stephen Dion.